Hello everyone, I am Bailey Burchett and today is Thursday, July 9th and you're listening to Exancast, the technical podcast on technology and media. Welcome to Season 1, Episode 8. Today I am joined by Mark Smith. Hey. And Zach Hamburg. Howdy. Okay, gentlemen, let's get started. So this week, I wanted to start with kind of our meat and potatoes of this podcast, um, password managers. They've got a long history with us, um, like in particular. Um, Now, the first time that we heard of password managers was... uh, Almost 10 years ago now, wasn't it? Like 2009, 2011, mm-hmm. maybe, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, and we used one password, didn't we? Yep. Yeah. 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 First one. See, now, and I know that they're not integrated as much as they are, or as much as they were back then as they are now. Um, but let's take a second. Let's talk about um, when we first started using password managers. Do we remember... Like, maybe around what year it was and, like, what iOS version we were using back then? Definitely would have been iPhone 4. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it was pretty synonymous because um, you guys had already been using them for, you know, an undisclosed amount of time when I had first gotten my iPhone 4. Um, and I didn't jump into it right away, but I knew you guys had been using it for a little while. Yep. But yeah, it was around iPhone 4 time when we got ours, too. I don't know if that I ever had it. I don't think I had it on my 3DS. So it was iPhone 4, yep. Yeah. Um, now, I remember, I, like I said, I didn't have it when I first got it. But the, the one password was, at the time, probably the most, and I won't say integrated, because it was just a copy of Paste Affair, wasn't it? Oh, what so was like, that? Oh, no problem. So when you used 1Password back in the day, um, you logged into it using your, like, did super hope, long, hopefully, password. Um, and then uh, you would find your, you'd actually have to search in there for, you know, the password you're looking for at the moment. It wouldn't just automatically pop up in the web browser mm, you're using. Yeah. So there no, was you're not little, on iOS, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was a little bit of a delineation between using the app um, and then, like, uh, importing it into the Safari browser using that, of course, being way different now, where, uh, let's say, if you're still using 1Password today, correct me if I'm wrong, but if you're in Safari and um, you're in need of the password, just like Apple's keychain, it would pop, um, 1Password would pop up and autofill it in for you, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think that's always been the feature, like on the Mac. It was just back then iOS didn't have the extensions oh. kind of support that we needed for it to be able to like jump in and pull information and push it into Safari. You had to go out to the one password app, search, like you said, find the password, and then you could, you could copy the value, jump back into Safari, paste it in. Um, and it had a little built within one password app. But- I didn't use it like the yeah. like the full Safari, um, but on the Mac you could always use it as like a full extension and have it populate on the website. Yeah. And then the syncing we used to do that through Dropbox, didn't we? They didn't use the. Yep. 
have iCloud <laughs> syncing open to everything. It was just the contacts, calendar, and everything, Apple services. They hadn't really opened it up yet to the other developers. And so we used Dropbox for the sync, and you just paid nine, 10 bucks, nine ninety nine for the app, and then you had it syncing free through Dropbox. And then, of course, now they've moved to the subscription model where they want you to pay for your syncing through their server-side service. Uh-huh. Ugh. Gosh. Oh, well, there is a new contender on the horizon, gentlemen. Yes. <laughs> Who's that? Do tell. Bitwarden. Have you ever heard of it? I didn't no. until you told me about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's completely open source. It's like free. It runs everywhere. So like, uh, you know, Windows, Mac OS, Linux, Android, iOS, you know, all those places. And uh, you can access it online it syncs online for free and uh it's a pretty good pretty good little setup there if you're just looking for a basic password manager so it definitely boosts your security when you're online you know as as all good password manager should so yeah definitely good yeah now so see I, I do obviously um i think it's speak for everyone here free is almost always better <laughs> <laughs> you know but it's it's nice that you know seeing a free option where you don't have to sacrifice an arm and a leg in features. Yeah, which is nice. Yeah, um, but you do lose a little native uh, component of it just because you know it's written cross platform, so it's not as targeted for like you know you know uh, um, iOS or Mac OS like we like it to be. Well, so but it works. Don't, it wouldn't works you still well. lose a little bit? Wouldn't you still lose a little bit of connectivity? Even with one password, since Apple Keychain is more and more prevalent now, uh, do you think? Of, do you think that is, he's just kind of referring to like you know they use Apple's design language for their apps, whereas Bitwarden is cross-platform, so it it has its own very own look that doesn't like conform to Apple's kind of app layouts oh, and things like that. Okay. You know, you tell, yeah. this is a Mac app; it's very nicely made and looks good here's a windows app or linux app that no nah, they you could tell it's got good functionality but they did not put as much effort into the appearance of it yeah <laughs> yeah okay i think you know, that if you if you like uh if you like it that way revalue value your um you know your function before form there you go bit word check it out it's a, yeah. Good yeah. a little easier to yeah. get some people that are a little less technical and not as invested in their computers and devices to get into using a password manager that they don't have to pay for, they're a little more likely to take it on, I think, too. It's a good option. Yeah, because there was the contender like Dashlane. Dashlane was good, but then when it came to getting it across all of your devices, they kind of wanted you to pay the 20 bucks to synchronize it between mm-hmm. your devices. So that was a non-starter for a lot of people. So Bitwarden <laughs> being free is, I think it's definitely a step in the right direction for Adoption of password managers, which everyone should use. Yes, everyone so, should use. Yes. <laughs> which I, I almost for like a split second was going to apologize for my lack of using one. And then I remember Keychain just does it for me. Which <laughs> is just so nice. <laughs> yeah. But if you like require um, a little bit more, like in uh, the case, if you like to keep like your software licenses in there, your you know, your credit card information, which I realize, you know, Keychain does that. 
there, there's a, some other things. Yeah, some you can uh, do about that are nice. Um, Apple's actually yeah. adding this feature, but uh, 1Password had it first where they would monitor the dark web and sites for exposed um, logins and then notify you if one of yours is on that list. But Apple wanted to add to change iOS 14. So. Um, but it's nice, like secure notes and stuff too. And we really got into it because we, as a business, we needed a way of securely storing logins um, for clients that Zach, Mark, and I would share. Um, so we need keep track of so many different ones, and you could kind of section them off, which is nice too. You can have different vaults, personal, and then one for the company. Yeah, and the security aspect of it is really nice. Um, speaking of security, when we're on this uh, topic of password managers, I also kind of want to take a second to kind of talk about how we should be managing our passwords over. Now, if we're taking a long view of about 10, 11 years, let's go back in time. When you're talking about password managers, let's say 10, 11 years ago, um, it was really easy because there weren't as many services back then. Um, when you're talking about your online services made 10 years ago, you're maybe talking about five or 10 things, perhaps total for the layman that really doesn't use the internet all that much or isn't as tech savvy. But now mm -hmm. it's more prevalent than ever that when you're using your passwords to not be using the same password across like two or three services. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. very important. <laughs> now, and I'm not saying, and I'm, I'm guilty of some of this to an extent, that using the same password over and over again, but if you're, you obviously are listening to this podcast. <laughs> Everyone is. Um, but maybe we can implore you, and we should do this ourselves, to start picking through your services, um, whether it be Netflix, you know, Hulu, your banking, whatever, to start changing your passwords up and saving it in these password managers. And it doesn't have to be like a, a huge all-day thing. You can just pick one or two to change the time, and it would really secure your internet history. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. Just randomizing them and just making things so much more hard to crack so the dominoes don't fall. If, so, you know, password one is, is your password on Netflix. And, oh, that's also my banking account. Oh, shit. <laughs> so, exactly. yeah, because yeah, so, just choosing a secure one is not you let one across it gets hacked and the hash gets out then your other sites are screwed so it's not yeah. just using a secure one it's not reusing that across multiple sites especially an important one like your banking site and it couldn't be easier with like with what we're talking about the password managers they'll they'll hold it for you and i think some will actually even tell you how long you've used that password so it might be and it, it can be something as easy as that when some of these systems that auto, like, um, have you change the password every three months, could, that could be as easy as it is. Like, say, for instance, your banking will make you change your password every, what, one month to every 90 days. Mm -hmm. um, and then maybe that's when you change your password to a different secure password. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, it's definitely worth 
talking about for a second, I think. Yeah, and also two-factor authentication, do that too. Yeah, <laughs> where you have that available, make use of it. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yep. seriously. Now, for the people that don't know, two-factor authentication, when you go to log into a service or sometimes a device, not nearly as much, um, you um, have, of course, your password, but you will have a secondary device that you would use as kind of a token to get into a system. Um, so say, for instance, you're logging into your banking account from maybe even a different device. Uh, it'll ask you, of course, for your password, but it'll also send you usually a message or text with a different code every time. So when you input this new token code, it allows you to log into Yeah, so it adds that second layer of security in that you have to have physically have your phone to get this code. Someone across the internet in some other country or just another state isn't trying to log into your account. Mm-hmm. without so, also access to your phone. Yeah. So it makes it that much harder <laughs> yep, they don't have access to your phone or whatever. Uh, a little little tip, pro tip. Um, so like places that use uh, SMS, um, try to yeah. upgrade that to using like an app like Google Authenticator or, uh, you know, using your password manager. Some of them support that uh, right, built right in uh, like 1Password does. It's kind of nice. Yeah, because yeah, SMS uh, is not completely secure and can be spooked. No. Your yeah. average person isn't usually going to have that problem um, so much, but it it's not as secure. So this is especially important for political figures, journalists, things like that that might be a little higher targets. But, you know, why not take the extra security? It's available to you. Um, then use an authenticator app instead of just SMS. Yeah. Yeah. And in places that you must use SMS, use a service like Google Voice to do that because it's not like a normal SMS kind of thing. So, yep. God, I haven't heard the word Google Voice in so long. <laughs> <laughs> I use it all the time. <laughs> what year is this? <laughs> Welcome to the year. What is that song? 3000 or whatever by the Jonas yep. Brothers. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Did- or, Did you just say Jonas Brothers? Yeah, yeah. The Jonas Brothers in town. I don't I know you I, don't I'm like not I'm not knocking your reference. <laughs> I'm knocking the fact you said Jonas Brothers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I was thinking of uh, bowling for soup. There you go. <laughs> uh, oh, that's that okay. Now if you yeah, say Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not being facetious either. I do love bowling for soup. <laughs> yeah, bowling for soup. They've got some good songs. <laughs> um now we're talking about the password managers we're talking about a little bit of security when it comes to all your passwords um but there was another thing that i think zach i wanted to spearhead and that was the hey email app um yeah now i've always used native um apple's native mail service why should we switch to the hey email app Oh, uh, well, hate is brand new. It's kind of like a reimagining of email. So it's got a bunch of kind of new ideas. So one of the first um, features just off the bat is like it's got like a screener feature, which is kind of nice. So in the same way that you might screen like your phone calls, like if it's like a spam call or something like that, hey has got that built in. So like, uh, you know, you get like marketing emails or some crap you don't want. It's the first thing. It's like as that first time that person sends something to your box, mailbox, 
uh, you can like say yes or no. You don't want to hear from them ever again. And I'll just like throw it away and you don't have to ever be bothered with it. So that's kind of nice. Um, definitely a pretty cool feature. Uh, a, a, a nice feature that I recently used is um, keeping things together in a thread. So if, you know, you have emails related to something, but they're in different like threads, you can merge them. So it's kind of cool. Uh, so say like you have like an insurance claim or something like that. So you might like email your insurance company and then you might get like a, uh, a quote from the, uh, you know, the repair shop for your car. So instead of having those as two different threads, you can then merge them together. So it's the same kind of idea where it's, you know, it's the same thread of related yeah, messages, cool. not necessarily, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing, which I really like that. That's very cool. Um, it also is really like focused on privacy. So, you know, it uh, some email providers are sending emails with tracking pixels in them that they automatically uh, turn on and they send information like your location, uh, just a bunch of nefarious information like your device, what you're using to read the message, uh, any number of things, your IP address. It's, it's kind of creepy. So they try and protect you by blocking that. And so you're never, you know, exposed to that using hey. So that that's a really nice feature that you can uh yeah, that is nice. that. So um apart from that, you can um there's like uh three different places you can put your messages. So the first they come in are the inbox. So that's like your inbox and that's your most important messages. Uh the next is like the feed. So if you get like occasional emails from uh say like a newsletter or uh you know a a shop or something that sends promos you can have it be delivered there and you can like scroll through it like a facebook or twitter feed so you can just like quickly get through that really quick and then they have like yeah i really like that um and they have another feature called the paper trail so this could like involve things like um, quotes or like financial documents receipts that kind of stuff so that's pretty sweet um that would be kind of nice because it is more important, you know, now than ever when you buy something. I mean, just looking at it as the eco-friendly route is that every time you do get an emailed receipt that it would go into this, you know, safe place would be nice. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of like uh, like a system. Like, you, normally you'd have to, like, spend hours upon hours, like, kind of getting it how you like it. So setting up rules and... Uh, things based on senders and all that like it would take you a very long time but hey kind of like just ask you a few questions up front and it just fills this all in and kind of takes care of it for you which is kind of nice and i really like it i've been using it since it first came out and uh, i'm a big fan of the the service uh one thing i'm really looking now for- now that you have this email the hey email app have you yeah. deleted your native ios like email apps is that even possible can you do that yeah yeah, I actually deleted the Apple Mail app off of my iPhone. Did you? So, yeah, yeah. Because uh, what you can do is you can like say like my iCloud Mail, just like forward that to Hey, my Gmail, forward that to Hey, and just kind of like, all comes in. So it's kind of nice. But you can do. Oh, it's kind of nice. Yeah. So yeah, I, I've been enjoying it. Uh, people that like, they're they're kind of like um, kind of. Oh, you know, it's hard to manage email these days because you get so much of it and it's, some of it's not even that uh, important. Uh, hey is really a, um, it's not a silver bullet for it, but it does make it a lot more manageable. So 
if you're interested in that kind of thing, Hey might be for you. So, so where, where did you hear about Hey at? I first heard about Hey from the Verge. Like it was like one of the stories on there. They're like talking about uh, like, Oh, the fancy new email um, service is coming up from this company called Basecamp. And um, they were uh, doing like signups. So you had to be like on a wait list to get in. Mm, so it was kind of that. So was that on their podcast or was that just on the Verge? The website, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Later. Yeah. Verge. Yeah. Okay. Cause I haven't listened to their podcast like in the latest iterations. Um, Uh Uh, but that does actually bring us to um, some of our other favorite podcasts. Now, I kind of want to go last because I feel like there's going to be a lot of um, similarities uh, between you guys. Um, <laughs> but what, what would you guys say is your favorite podcast, obviously, besides this one? Yep, besides this one. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> well, uh, I think Zach and I share the affinity for the Vox, V-O-X family of podcasts. Um, there's uh-huh. quite a few of those. Like we just mentioned the Vergecast, which uh, Neelai Patel, the ed- editor-in-chief at the Verge, uh, likes to say is the flagship podcast of Vox. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's where I really got started um, but then Vox.com itself, and you know, it's like politics and media, and then a little bit of technology. Whereas the Verge is all mainly focused on technology, but also culture and a little bit of politics around that. Um, but they've got a wide range. You've got Eid, which is like your political policy, um, kind of geek out on that. Um, the Ezra Klein show, he's also on the weeds, but has his own podcast, talks about political, um, philosophical stuff um some cultural uh topics and things on his um and then what there's like today explained which is vox's like daily podcast that goes over the headlines um that are out for that day um can you think of a few zach that you uh what else is there's just like uh, <laughs> Rico Decode, um, which is now actually going to be separating off. Kara Swisher is going to be going uh, with the New York Times with her new podcast. Not the Pivot was a really good one that uh, she was doing with Scott Gallagher. I think that one they're moving to uh, the New York Times and we'll still do together. Um, Land of the Giants, which is um, kind of like they've been focusing on the big tech giants. They had one um, about Amazon. On. They just finished a season on Netflix and how it got started and came to dominance, which is kind of interesting. Um, so, yeah, definitely a lot of tech ones so on my list. Of... What and about politics. you, Mr. Hamburg? Well, I'd have to say, like, my favorite podcast is uh, the talk show with John Group. He like uh, talks a lot about Apple, and uh, <laughs> you guys know me. I'm a big Apple hole. So. Yeah. <laughs> when did this happen? So. <laughs> well, you see, back in 2008. <laughs> so yesterday. Okay, got it. Yeah. 
yeah, John Gruber. He had, I like his uh, his personality. He has a lot of humor, and uh, he generally talk a lot about Apple stuff. And then a um, kind of an offshoot of that podcast is a podcast called Dithering. Uh, it's like um, again, John Gruber and uh, Ben Thompson. They it's only like five, fifteen minutes, and they talk about just like topical things. It comes out like three times a week, so you know you get a bunch of them. So um, this one is a subscription one. Uh, it's like five dollars a month, so I enjoy it. Uh, oh, that's not bad because you know I enjoy John Gruber his commentary, so I, I like <laughs> it. Um, I have to say tomorrow with Joshua Topolsky. Mm-hmm. That's, oh, a, really that's good a good one. one. Yep. <laughs> Ooh, I've heard that name in a long time. <laughs> oh yeah, he used to run The Verge before Neilai. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and if you guys like, you know, early Verge casts, go yep, check you gotta out tomorrow. go tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very colorful humor. Yep. <laughs> now, see, I always feel weird talking about my podcast after you guys talk about yours. Maybe I should have gone first. I kind of got all the shit out of the way because I don't really because I I do like the Fox. I would almost say I like the Fox family. The Vox Fox. Yes, family. not Fox. Not to be confused. <laughs> Tucker Carlson. No, I love him. <laughs> I don't know who that is. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, I don't really um, uh, navigate to the political side of uh, um, podcasts, uh, mostly because I don't know a lot about it. <laughs> um, but my podcasts are a little bit more on the entertainment side. Um, uh, say, for instance, uh, Ear Biscuits is uh, a YouTube offshoot from Rhett and Link from Good Mythical Morning. Um, another one, obviously, Vergecast Weekly Planet is probably about my favorite one. Um, back, if you shoot back in time, I've been really. Um, interested in comic books movies marvel movies uh, especially back in 2009 with the original iron man ever since then my my focus has been there when it comes to the entertainment aspect and now it's more of a a broader category than it's ever been um and the weekly planet really does do a good job with that i think also now does aussie man reviews is a youtube channel but i don't know if he has a podcast does he, Mr. Hamburg? Oh, good question. He might have a podcast. Let me find out. See, I would be very interested in listening to that. But as you guys can tell, my um, podcast selections are more based in the entertainment realm. Um, of course, there's a, a Kevin Smith's podcast, from Fat Man, Batman, to Smodcast, which is really great. Um, that's about all I go with that. Now, I will say... Um, Ear Biscuits, which is a YouTube offshoot, is actually probably one of my favorite YouTube channels. Um, now, I will kind of shoot out some of my favorite YouTube channels, and I want to uh, talk about uh, Mr. Hamburg's and Mr. Burchett's choices as well, because my YouTube um, has been almost a little bit more varied than my podcast will be, but not not as much to the extent as you guys are with the political side of it. Now, say for instance, if I just shoot into my YouTube app real quick, it's fascinating that YouTube now is really 
so diverse because, I mean, if we go back 10 years, YouTube was just a place where you would, like, throw up, like, like maybe a funny cat video, if I'm right. Do you guys remember that? Yeah. Just, like, little weird kind of funny things. Yep, homemade Fun. video. And people, like, in some stuff you'd see, like, an AOV, like, the shot on their phones and then upload directly to YouTube. It was all a wild west of first party video and didn't really yeah. have any production quality stuff on there yet. But it is totally changed now. Like say for instance, I already mentioned that um I I like comic book movies, news. So Mr. Sunday Movies is on here which is really awesome. great one if you're interested in um some of the newer media. Of course, all of this has been affected by the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, so it is a lot slower than it was <laughs> in the past. Like videos don't upload nearly as fast. Not as much, as much to talk about. Um, of course, when it comes to tech, um, I will say The Verge. Also, another one with technology, a good one to check out. It's called Unbox Therapy. It's really great um, when it comes to uh, devices. Like, um, say, for instance, the new iPhone, rumored iPhone 12. Um, Hardware porn. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hardware porn. Look <laughs> no further than Unbox Therapy. Um, <laughs> or MKBHD. That's good yeah, stuff. Yeah, seriously. Yep, that's a good um, one. Who else was there? Uh, There's one just like MKBHD. I can't quite. Now, in any case, um, another good one is um, uh, Rhett and Link, Good Mythical Morning. It's kind, of a, it's kind of a neutral podcast, I'd say. It kind of gives you a jumping off point because they have a lot of guest hosts where they um, might help you branch out into different like, places of YouTube. Um, now, what about you, Mr. Burchin? I've talked enough about my YouTube habits. Uh, well, definitely The Verge. Uh, Vox has their own channel, which I follow, and they have a really good kind of documentary series, too. Kind of an offshoot. They have they always post them to YouTube, but they have a series on Netflix that's really good as well, that really dive in on a subject, documentary style. Um, I also follow, like, TV shows and stuff like that, like The Late Show with Stephen Colbert, Full Frontal with Samantha Bee, um, and then some more kind of boring ones like PBS News political stuff that I follow that way. Um, Eater is a good one. That's a Vox family site that's all about food um, for you foodies out there. Um, let's see what else. Apple, of course, I follow their page. Brian Rogers is good for a comedy. Uh, a little dirty and definitely not for some really younger audiences. <laughs> um, but definitely entertaining. Huge disclaimer. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all things barbecue for another like food uh, channel to follow. Yeah. Mm. Last week tonight with John Oliver is really good. Isn't it interesting that YouTube has such a broad, um, a broad listener, or sorry, broad viewer base that it can really it rivals TV in this way that whatever you're interested in, kind of what you follow. Yeah, like they're, unless they're con- you're a conservative and you think they have a bias against you because it's you, it's Google ran by hippy dippy liberals and uh, <laughs> they're gonna try and censor your voice, which was 
complete bullshit because there's some really hardline right wing stuff on YouTube and these uh, platforms. So don't let them fool you into believing that there is some <laughs> crap on there that should not be on there. <laughs> but the thing is, he just said that, but it was complete news to me. Because I am one of those hippy dippy liberals. <laughs> <laughs> they actually they believe that the tech companies censor conservative voices. It's just complete bull crap. There are problems with these platforms. It's not that they're purposely going out and censoring conservative voices. They're trying to stop child pornography and things that promote violence and everything like that. So uh and these conspiracy theories is another thing you have to watch out for. You can go down a rabbit hole. <laughs> you really can. <laughs> and the algorithm, you, like, Mr. people will look at for innocent stuff, and then you'll get the recommended videos on the side that can send you down some QAnon rabbit hole down into believing that Hillary Clinton's a lizard and ran a child sex ring through a pizza shop. <laughs> True story, you... people. True story. What the fuck is happening? I'm, I can't make that shit up. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. What about you, Mr. Hamburg? Uh, I definitely enjoy a lot of those that we've mentioned. Uh, if you like barbecue stuff, there's Cosmos Q. Uh, he's like a world champion barbecue. Uh, met him in real life. It's kind of cool. Humble brag. Humble brag. <laughs> Stop name dropping. <laughs> I've also met the chef from uh, the the All Things Channel. Oh yeah, sweet. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'd say like uh, favorite YouTube channel. I like Grant Stephan. Good one. He makes like financial stuff entertaining. So if you're like wanting to know what to do with your money, he teaches a lot of stuff. There you go. Mm. So that's kind of nice. Yeah, I'd say check out Graham Stephan, Andre Jick, those kinds of guys. If you want to like learn how to invest, do things like that, resources. Uh, you know, then there's the ones we've talked about. Those are pretty much mine too. So. Yeah. Now, I will bring up one thing that's going to kind of, I'm just going to touch on this maybe a second is that um, I also uh, watch Zach George dog training videos. And um, I, over like two <laughs> years ago, had bought my uh, first dog. And it's kind of interesting when it comes into uh, um, whatever you're interested in is kind of what you tend to watch on YouTube. Um, so what was it, two years ago, I subscribed to his channel. And it's a really great channel if you're looking into either buying a new dog or training up the dog you have currently um, but I think it's interesting and it might just warrant a second of talking that how pets have changed in the last like 10 years when you're growing up from uh, you know being a child in your family to own as an adult um, it's interesting how like it kind of opens your eyes to things that you didn't this before like say for instance when you had a pet um when you were growing up, it was just the family pet. He might have napped on a couch and, you know, he was always there, whatever. Uh, but now when you own a pet, it's much more involved with, you know, getting them their shots, taking them, um, 
you know, on walks. But it's really interesting, and I definitely implore you guys to check this out. Uh, with training the dogs, I would really recommend the channel because it just goes really in-depth with all these things, um, especially in a modern-day tech age where now you have things like dog cams and um, uh, these training videos that are really great. But I just want to talk about a second about um, – you know, our, our family pets, Mr. Birdshit, tell me just a, just give me a little synopsis of, you know, the pets that you remember in your lifetime. Uh, well, we had uh, quite a few growing up on the farm. Uh, we always had a dog um, that was like an inside dog, um, a cat here and there. Not as much when I was first growing up, but later on, we always had, mom always had at least one cat in the house. Now we have, we had a two for a while, back down to one and a couple dogs. Um, but we'd also have like birds there for a while, uh, a cockatiel. Um, then there was the always changing animals, like I would bring in snakes that I would catch, or Jesus. I would catch wild birds <laughs> and raise them for a little talking. while before letting them go. I had a hawk for a little while that was, like, injured. F- I never yeah, knew about I nursed that. It. Yeah, nursed him back to health. Uh, what the fuck? Salamanders, <laughs> bullfrogs. <laughs> Human <laughs> sex trade. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we would God. have a lamb in the house sometimes, uh, a calf. If it was Do you still hear him screaming? Born. Yes. <laughs> you will tell me when the lamb stops screaming, won't you? Hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Budget, will you tell me when the lamb stops screaming? <laughs> you still wake up in the dark, don't you? The awful <laughs> screaming of the lamb. <laughs> <laughs> no. Do tell me, Mr. Budget, in your darkest nights do the lambs still <laughs> scream at you <laughs> you wake up to those lambs don't you mr Birchett? yes <laughs> yes yes dark light. yes yes never screaming <laughs> <laughs> um what about you mr hamburg uh, now i'm i know i'm asking two farm boys so i know i'm gonna get a little bit of repetition on well i too grew up on a farm and (laughs) let me tell you we had had about every (laughs) start uh, with the cows yeah we had had chickens ducks you you name it we probably have (laughs) rabbits yeah i had rabbits ivan was like in my youth i could chase them on foot and catch them (laughs) <laughs> and what about the lettuce, Zach? Yes, that, this is the tell rabbit us about the lettuce. lettuce and the <laughs> rabbit is attached to it. The lettuce, yes, it's, it comes with the lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you know. See, then you always now, had a farm dog. Oh yeah, farm dog. Not an inside dog, but yeah, it never like t- knew any like tricks or anything. It just was there. It's just there. Just a varmint dog, you know. <laughs> Keep all the nasty critters away. Yep. Or, you know. <laughs> so yeah. 
um, so yeah, okay, let's kind of open it up to some general discussion. Um, I know that the iOS 14 public beta is now out, and um, I might download it later on and kind of go over it in maybe like a later podcast if I've had some time or I've had some time to play with it. Um, but a few things that I would be really interested in is like say picture in picture. What do you guys yeah. think about that? Yep, I think it'll definitely be nice. Yeah. It'll be pretty nice. Like, um, you know, be able to, like, watch your Netflix and chill, you know, with other things. Mr. <laughs> <laughs> Hamburg, did you just say you're going to have sex with Bob? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. You're well, a you know. girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should have her on the podcast. Yeah, maybe I don't. I want to know. get her. I want to get her side of it. <laughs> <laughs> should definitely have a lot to say about the dog. Thing. Yes, seriously, I should have had her as a a guest appearance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> she would have ran. You know, she would have had a, a hot minute to talk about dog stuff. You know. Hot yeah, minutes. seriously, <laughs> she loves them. <laughs> and I'm like, I like dogs, but I'm not like you know obsessed with dogs in the same way that I would say she is. Yeah. yeah. So, I, yeah. I totally get that. Um, it is, like, it, it's it's a really broad field to get into if you ever do decide to get a dog later on. Um, the, you know, it, it's fascinating because they're these creatures that, you know, that adopt your habits, and then that could just be it. You know, they could just be the dog take outside and feed twice yeah. a day, or they could be these you know, great companions that learn how to bring rum to you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying that that's something I've trained my dogs to do, but they do. It. It's something you could do. It's something you could do. Just off top of my. <laughs> there's my humble. There's my humble brag of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so what else? Marcus is, going is just on? spitballing ideas. Of yeah, exactly. Yeah. Top of my head, can't think of anything else. Um, you know, so apparently. Speaking of throwing darts at the board, U.S. apparently plans to ban TikTok <laughs> because there's no, there's nothing else in this economy and there's nothing else in this climate that needs more attention than banning of TikTok. Nothing. I can't think of nothing. Thing. I can think of nothing. Not a not a single thing is more important than getting rid of TikTok right now. That's right. You know? <laughs> Just glad we don't have a pandemic on our hands to focus on. That we have the time to focus on TikTok. Yeah, we we've got all the time in the world, you know. (laughs) (laughs) It has our undivided attention. Okay, first off, why would we want to ban TikTok? Uh, They're worried uh, because the parent company that owns uh, TikTok is a Chinese firm. And there's all this anti-Chinese fervor and worry that the Chinese government could make a request for data belonging to U.S. citizens. Even though TikTok has really kind of done some of the extra work of separating out the U.S. Um, side of TikTok. And it's actually its own kind of side company and it's run by an American CEO. Um, but the Trump administration with their xenophobia and wanting to distract from Russia and keep all the attention on China is making a stink about it. There's also the uh, 
idea that he's also wanting to take revenge on TikTok because teens and a group on TikTok um, bought up all the tickets to his Tulsa rally. <laughs> so there, barely anyone showed up because they bought up all the tickets. All you needed was a phone number and you could buy the free tickets. Um, <laughs> so there was this TikTok group that organized and did that. So there's an idea that he's trying to kind of get revenge for that. And so, yeah, they're in talks about possibly banning TikTok in the US. I think it would be hard to do, but yeah, I can't. I can't see it happening, but I will, of course, um, talk about it more as it unfolds on the podcast. Yep. So you don't need to go anywhere else. No, <laughs> stick, don't stick check, with us. Don't Google know. it. Just download. You know, wait the week. You know, you don't <laughs> always need to go out and get news right away. You can come here, and sometimes yeah. we skip a week, but that's okay. Yeah. You know, we build it up just for you. That's what we do for you. That's the service that we provide you. Tune in every week to get the hot news. Yeah, of a think of it. Past. Think of us like the app store. We curate all the things you should know about. That's, that's <laughs> what we like. Yeah. And we don't bombard you with these fake news. No, 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 not like the fake news. Not the like media. the fake news. The media. We're definitely not fake. News. <laughs> it's all fake except Fox News and sometimes they're even mean against me <laughs> not to be confused with Fox no Fox, Fox is good V-O-X V-O-X <laughs> so is there anything else we don't want to talk about guys before we um, kind of go our separate ways for the week uh, not that I can think of did you guys have a good 4th of July wow Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's good. It was a good time. Did a little, did a little grilling. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Same. A little boating. Mm. <laughs> On my yacht. Oh yeah. man. What's your <laughs> yacht's name? Uh, the M X McShaggity. <laughs> Damn it! Hey, we still have boat names. <laughs> <laughs> well, so we. I, I thought about maybe calling it uh, the. Horatio Cornblower, but SS <laughs> Horatio Cornblower. Cornblower yeah, I told you that in confidence, you son of a bitch. <laughs> or the SS Dick Sledge. <laughs> Which we thought was uh, it would be a good gay boat name. <laughs> Goddamn, the gays taking all our boat names. Yep. <laughs> First, they were taking all our jobs. <laughs> Wait a moment. Doing all your interior decorating. <laughs> He's got a hoity toity interior decorator. New York City. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm just going to say it. That's a job for sissies. <laughs> I read your diary. I have a lavage goat cheese salad. I tell you what, we couldn't eat it, but we put a little bit of hormel chili on that. <laughs> we made it all right. You know, you could put that on top of your head. Your tongue to beat your brains out trying to get to it. <laughs> God, we went from Archer to Jeff Foxworthy so freaking quick. <laughs> At least I think that's who made that joke. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Oh, fuck, man. <laughs> 
Stop making me think so much during this podcast. <laughs> I, in full disclarency, I just woke up. I'm night shift. I don't know what half you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> you can't vote for that one, Marcus. God. <laughs> I discovered later on in the years that my brain runs almost exclusively on autopilot. And that <laughs> if there's any filter to be had, it's, it's a thin veil. <laughs> anymore and i'm lucky if anything that something garbage doesn't out because it usually does <laughs> all right guys i think that's our podcast think so i think so yeah all right guys we'll tune in to hear from bailey hey hello gentlemen they can find me on the twitters at bailey burchett and uh mr zach hamburg where can they find you Hey guys, you can follow me on Twitter. It's Zach Hamburg on Twitter. And uh, I also have an A.com email. ZachHamburgA.com. So there you go. Email him. Yeah, email, email him. Email he likes it. Yeah. <laughs> he likes it. He especially likes dick pictures. <laughs> He's got pictures. that fancy hey app. Send me all the haze, guys. <laughs> send me all the haze. And you can find nudes. me. <laughs> nudes. You just send, <laughs> send Zach all your nudes. Yeah, you can also is. send your nudes to <laughs> Atsmatitius on Twitter, which is where you can find me. And from all of us, stay safe, and we'll be back next week. Yep, stay thirsty, my friends. (laughs) Great. Rock and roll. Rock and roll. Promo code.